Cultured meat refers to the concept of meat produced via cell culture rather than from a whole slaughtered animal. Making small amounts of animal muscle cells proliferated in culture has been demonstrated, but doing so affordably alongside other cellular components of meat, such as fat, at a scale which would make cultured meat available to consumers has not yet quite been achieved. Today, the production of cultured meat begins by taking a number of cells from an animal and proliferating them in a nutrient-rich culture medium, wherein they are capable of multiplying a number of times in vitro. Although a number of other intermediary steps would be necessary to produce them in large quantities, it is hoped that the resulting cultured animal cells can be harvested, seasoned, cooked and consumed as normal meat products. There are other names for cultured lab meat, such as synthetic meat, vat-grown and lab-grown meat. Whilst the term clean meat is a name also gaining traction, as it better reflects the production and benefits of lab meat, and one would also expect it's better from a marketing point of view too. As we've seen over the past 10 episodes, inventions we think of as being new go back far further than we think a lot of the time. In an article titled 50 Years Hence in the Strand magazine, Winston Churchill said, quote, We shall escape the absurdity of growing a whole chicken in order to eat the breast or wing by growing these parts separately under a suitable medium. Synthetic food will, of course, also be used in future. Close quotes. Like a lot of predictions, the idea was far too optimistic and advanced for its time. But in 1971, Russell Ross was the first person to cultivate the first muscular fibres. 25 years later, in 1998, John Vane secured a patent for the production of tissue-engineered meat for human consumption, wherein muscle and fat cells would be grown in an integrated fashion to create food products such as beef, poultry and fish. In 2003, Oren Katz and Ionit Zer of the Tissue Culture and Art Project and Harvard Medical School exhibited in Nantes a stake a few centimetres wide grown from frog stem cells, which were then cooked and eaten. The first cultured beef burger patty, created by Dr. Mark Post at Maastricht University, was eaten at a demonstration for the press in London. On August 5th, 2013, the world's first lab-grown burger was cooked and eaten at a news conference in London. Scientists from Maastricht University in the Netherlands had taken stem cells from a cow and grown them into strips of muscle, which then combined to make a burger. The burger was cooked by chef Richard McGowan of Couch's Great House Restaurant in Cornwall and tasted by critics Hanny Rutzler, a food researcher from the Future Food Studio, and Josh Schoenwald. Rutzler said that, quote, There is a real bite to it. There is quite some flavour with the browning. I know there is no fat in it, so I didn't really know how juicy it would be, but there is quite some intense taste. It's close to meat. It's not that juicy, 
but the consistency is perfect. This is meat to me. It's really something to bite on, and I think the look is quite similar. Tissue for the London demonstration was cultivated in May 2013, using about 20,000 thin strips of muscle tissue. Since the first public trials, several startups have made advances in the field. Moser Meats, co-founded by Mark Post, continues research with a focus on cultured beef. Memphis Meats, a Silicon Valley startup, launched a video in February 2016 showcasing its, its cultured beef meatball. In May 2017, it showcased chicken tenders and duck larange, the first cultured poultry-based foods shown to the public. Finless Foods, a San Francisco-based company aimed at cultured fish, was founded in June 2016. In March 2017, it commenced laboratory operations and progressed quickly. Director Mark Selden said in July 2017 to expect bringing cultured fish products on the market by the end of 2019. So how is it made? Cultured lab meats are relatively simple in their process. The process starts with a few satellite cells, which can be taken from a sample of muscle taken from a live animal. These stem cells can be turned into the different cells found in muscles. In theory, one cell could be used to create as much meat as you need. You then need to feed the cells nutrient-rich serums, and the cells will turn into muscle cells and proliferate, approximately doubling every few days. Once the cells are multiplied, they are encouraged to form strips, like how muscle cells form fibres in living tissues. These fibres are attached to a sponge-like scaffold that floods the fibres with nutrients and mechanically stretches them, exercising the muscles to increase their size and protein content. The resultant tissue can then be harvested, seasoned, cooked and consumed as boneless processed meat. The challenge at the moment is upscaling the process to make it into an industrial level technology. This requires a large bioreactor, a high-tech vat that can provide the ideal conditions for lab meat to be grown, but also the movement and exercise needed to grow the cells. The largest existing bioreactor capable of doing this has a volume of 25,000 litres, about 100 the size of an Olympic swimming pool, which post estimates could produce enough meat to feed 10,000 people. It's likely that many of these bioreactors would be needed to make a viable meat processing plant. The process could then be expanded into other forms of animal products, milk, eggs, and even something like ivory horns or elephant ivory in future to ward off poachers. But what makes cultured lab meat such a great invention? When inventions such as 3D printing could fundamentally change the nature of retail, is fully grown lab meat just a cute invention? Something to be admired at by foodies? No. There are many benefits to fully grown lab meat over natural meat. The first of these are health implications. With fully cultured lab meat, there would be no need for growth hormones to be added to the meat as currently happens. Additionally, it would be possible for something like omega-3 fatty acids to be added to the cultured lab meat as a health benefit. Due to the controlled and predictable environments, 
that cultured meats are developed in, it could have possible benefit in reducing human exposure to dangerous chemicals and fungicides. Something like mad cow disease can be something of the past, though whether fully cultured lab meats would result in new possible infections and diseases is of course unknown. To me, one of the big benefits is the environmental impact. For every hectare that is used for cultured meat manufacturing, somewhere between 10 and 20 hectares of land could be converted from agricultural use back into its natural state. Cultured meat facilities could exploit methane digesters to generate a small portion of its own electrical needs. Methane digesters could be built on site to transform the organic waste generated at the factories into biogas, which is generally composed of 65% methane along with other gases. This biogas could then be burned to generate electricity for the greenhouse or a series of bioreactors. A study by researchers at Oxford and the University of Amsterdam found that cultured meat was generating only 4% greenhouse gas emissions, reducing the energy needs of meat generation by up to 45% and requiring only 2% of the land that the meat and livestock industry does. When we consider that cattle farming is responsible for 18% of greenhouse gases, the environmental impact and the need to transport all these cattle, we can see what a revolution local cultured lab meat would result in. Of course, to me, a meat eater, another benefit is the ethical one. There are no animals harmed in the production of this meat. As someone who accepts some of the arguments of vegetarians and somewhat agrees with them and their ethical quandary, but also as somebody who is too lazy to do anything about it, this is a great solution. The ability to avoid billions of animals getting slaughtered every year, the pain and suffering animals go through is something that humans may avoid in future. The nature of slaughterhouses and the ethical concerns any right-minded person should have, even to a small degree, about this is what lab-grown meat could try and stop. There does seem to be, however, some debate over whether lab-grown meat is suitable for vegetarians. I think it would be, and from a sample size of two vegetarians I've asked, the answer seems to be that they too would be happy to eat lab-grown meat. Some, such as Professor Andrew Lindsay, Director for Oxford Centre of Animal Ethics, states, quote, Synthetic meat could be a great moral advance. It won't be suitable for vegetarians because it originates in meat byproducts, but bearing in mind that millions of animals are slaughtered every day for food, it is a step forward to a less violent world. Close quotes. Lindsay's arguments, however, are counteracted by Professor Julian Savalascu, the director of the Oxford Uhero Centre for Ethics, who says, quote, The fact that the meat is made from animal byproducts is morally irrelevant. People who are vegetarian for moral reasons, the environmental, the treatment of animals, have a moral obligation to eat this meat. They need to do this because it will contribute to an ethical alternative to conventional meats. Close quotes. And to me, this is the correct answer. Of course, some slaughter of animals may be necessary in order to create the initial meats, but to me, the trolley problem arrives. And though it still contains animal products, 
and perhaps still several hundred animals or several thousands would be needed to be killed to create the initial lab-grown meat. Compare that to the 56 billion animals killed each year by humans and it gives some indications of, I think, where the morality lies. As we'll see in a future episode on utilitarianism, killing a few animals to save billions from pain is obviously a logical solution. There is far less suffering this way. For me, the main objection to lab-grown meat is the ickiness of the idea. It's not going to be easy to convince people that this type of meat is going to be as good as animal meat. Many of us carnivores manage to arrest our conscience and come to terms with eating slaughtered animals. But when you describe the realities of lab meat, how synthetic meat is grown and exercised, one wonders how people will be feeling when asked if they want to eat it. It may be one of those things that people in the here and now think of as odd, weird and frightening, and something that once a few brave souls start eating it, it may spread slowly. I remember a story about, I think, my great-grandmother and how she was terrified of escalators when they were first brought out. She refused to get on one, claiming she didn't trust them. And, as I'm sure we'll get onto into a future episode, the infamous story during the early days of the cinema where a train was approaching the screen and caused a stampede to leave the cinema as people thought it was a real train approaching. Now that story is an urban legend, but it does tap into a very real issue we have when new technologies are brought out and our reactions to them and the time it takes for technologies to become normal. The other thing I was reminded of while researching this episode was the episode of Torchwood, the Doctor Who spin-off about an alien creature that looks like a slug falling to earth. The alien is tied up and used for meat, with its special alien power being the ability to regrow its body. So the butchers who have captured and harnessed the alien will never ever run out of meat and can sell the cheapest meat around. The idea of growing meat in a lab or facility and having it need to exercise does not sound like an appetising idea. But for all the reasons we've discussed, I believe, to some degree, it will be better for consumers, the animal and the environment, vegetarian and vegans, and everything in between. The true benefit may go to poorer countries, where it is simply more economical to produce lab-grown meat rather than slaughtering animals. And so for the ability to reduce potential suffering in animals, fully cultured lab meat is number 90 on my list of the greatest inventions of all time.